Resurrection Assembly of God. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. The 10th of October, 2021. Today's scriptures are Mark chapter 1, verses 12 through 20, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, and Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. The authority of Jesus. Church, or should I say, beloved. We are gathered here today to encounter the risen Lord. We encounter Jesus by the Holy Spirit, who is the Lord. He is poured out on us. We encounter him by hearing the word of God preached. And we encounter Jesus by eating the meal that he will call his body and his blood. Like I just said a couple of minutes ago, a few seconds ago, we've been talking about reading our Bibles here at church, about going to passages that tell us to love God and love our neighbor, about the things that are of first importance, that Jesus died and rose again. All of this stuff is really, really important. But it isn't just about knowing stuff. It's about having an encounter with Jesus. And this is why we have communion here every Sunday, why we invite you to the altar here every Sunday, and why we anoint you when you're sick with oil in the name of Jesus. We do all of this because we believe Jesus encounters us in these particular moments. And he is here even now. Uh, One of the... uh, really wonderful Christian disciplines that goes back a really long time is just taking a moment to acknowledge that you're in the presence of Jesus wherever you are. It's a really great thing to do. You can do it by yourself. You can do it when there's other people around. Jesus is here even now. Jesus speaks to us with his very own words when we come to the altar and eat the meal that he gave us and when we consecrate ourselves to him in prayer. So today... I want to talk about an encounter with Jesus from the Gospel of Mark. I told you a while back that if you want a good place to start reading your Bible, the Gospel of Mark is not a bad place to do that. Uh, They're all stories about Jesus, and it ends with his death and resurrection, which is what we're all about here. Again, uh, the story I'm going to read today and talk about is a story about an encounter with Jesus, and more more particularly an encounter with his authority. You'll remember last month when we first brought the Bibles out that we talked about Jesus being tempted by the devil. We read that story this morning. The story I'm going to read today comes almost right after Jesus has spent 40 days and 40 nights in the desert being tempted by the devil. So I'm going to read Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. It's on page 785 of the church Bible. It's also going to be on the screen behind me. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority. The rocks don't need to cry out. Did you hear what they were saying? Jesus is Lord. 
That's good. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent. Come out of him. The unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him, and they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the region of Galilee. Jesus has authority. He has authority to speak truth and life and happiness. He has authority to rebuke evil. And his authority to do both of these things is put on display in this encounter. A demon-possessed man is delivered from his oppression and when Jesus heals him, Jesus has authority. I know this is a word for somebody today because at the very least that somebody is me. I need to be reminded that Jesus has authority and that especially he has authority over the spiritual forces of evil in this present darkness. Amen. So Jesus goes into this synagogue to teach. If you don't know what a synagogue is, it's kind of like a church. It was a place that people gathered together. In fact, the word synagogue just literally means gather together. But people would gather together, kind of like we do here, at the very least, to, read the, to hear the scriptures read to hear someone explain them. A little scripture reading and a little sermon. You used to have to go to the synagogue to hear the scriptures because, you know, they didn't have printers. They didn't have screens like we, we've got these days. They didn't have anything like that back then. Every copy of the Bible had to be copied by hand. And you couldn't have a whole copy of the Bible in a single book because they were scrolls and scrolls well, they're pretty big. And if you try to fit the whole Bible in a single scroll, it would go from here down to Kinnick Stadium, at the very least. So each book of the Bible was a single scroll. So you had to have like a library where you could put each scroll of the Bible and keep them safe because paper was brittle, there's termites, there's molds. Gotta watch out for this stuff. Every Bible had to be copied by hand, so there wasn't a Bible for everyone. In fact, most people, back in Jesus' day, couldn't even read because there just weren't books to read. Jesus could read. So he goes to the synagogue. So Jesus is there in the synagogue, and no doubt some of the Bible was read, and people listened to Jesus as he talked about the Bible. And the story says that people are kind of taken aback. They are, the Bible says, astonished. Why are they surprised? Well, they're surprised because he teaches like someone who has authority. Why is this surprising? Uh, you might first think this is because maybe they looked down on him. I mean, from everything we know about Jesus, we know that he was poor. 
The Bible says that Jesus at times didn't have a place to sleep. Sometimes, evidently, he would just sleep outside in like the wilderness, like he did when he was being tempted by the devil. So maybe they were just being classist and thinking to themselves, yo, who does this homeless guy think he is coming in here to read the Bible and acting like he knows what he's talking about? Of course, it's not like they're disagreeing with him, even though they might be a little judgy. Uh, they're really taken about no, no doubt because he's actually making a lot of sense. He's, got, he's talking like he's got sensible authority. He's talking like he knows more than even the pastors do. It says he talks with authority not like the scribes. The scribes were those people who were sitting down and actually doing the hand copying of the scriptures, right? So they're sitting there and like looking at it and then writing it, looking and writing it, or someone was reading it out loud and they would copy it down. And, you know, when you copy something over and over and over again, you get to know it pretty well. Maybe some of you did this in elementary school with various things. Or later, I don't know. I remember doing it in elementary school. Do they still do this in school? I don't know. All I know is Laz came home with a laptop, and I'm not excited about it. <laughs> they write it over and over again, though, so they get to know it. But here... Jesus is acting like he knows more and that he can, interpret it, he can interpret it better than they can. I mean, like, imagine if this happened here. Imagine some woman comes in off the street and she grabs a Bible and starts explaining it to all of us. I mean, we don't have an open mic policy here, and I want to make that very clear because uh, some of you might wish that we did. I'm just kidding. I've had a few visitors here at the church who wished they could have taken the mic and uh, they never came back. Um, but imagine for a moment that we went against our own principles and did have an open mic policy and all of us are sitting here saying, you know, she's making some sense of the Bible for us. And she's saying it in a way that sounds like she knows more than Pastor Joseph does. And he's the Reverend Doctor, so that's saying something. But we're all uh, also a little concerned because it looks like she's been sleeping on the street for the last 40 days and 40 nights, and we just don't know how to categorize what is happening. You know, we might doubt her. And I think the people in the synagogue, while they're interested, they're also a little doubtful. Because you've got to think, it's either that this guy named Jesus who prefers to sleep under the stars, you know, it's either he's right or he's crazy. <laughs> There's probably no in-between here. Maybe he's one of those guys who's got talent to perform to near perfection what he's seen others do. But again, they don't see this. Can't just be that anyways because he's talking like he's got authority. More than the people whose job it is to understand the Bible, he has authority. So either he does have authority or this is some super narcissistic guy here, some self-obsessed, he's got illusions of grander psycho who's bad for the synagogue. So there they all are wondering, is he right or is he crazy? Does he have authority or is he a narcissist? 
And if he is right, if he does have authority, then the next question that comes is, well, who gave it to him? Who gave him this authority? I think we might even be suspicious. And maybe in human terms, rightly so. I mean, right, if you go to, if you, you don't just talk to whoever happens to be at the hospital if you have an appendix that's about to burst, right? <laughs> you talk to the surgeon and you want to make sure that they're a trained surgeon before you let them take the knife to your abdomen. You wanna make sure they had an undergrad in something like biology maybe, hopefully she went to med school, hopefully she did her residency, and hopefully she's passed her boards now unless she is a resident because you're at the University of Iowa. I mean, has Jesus copied any Bibles yet? How can he know the scriptures like this? Did the high priest appoint him a prophet? So Jesus's authority is in question. The story then gives us an answer to that question though. He can talk the authoritative talk, but what happens when he is confronted with evil power? A man with a demon, an unclean spirit, comes in to the church. Where did he come from? The Bible doesn't say. Was he already in the room? It isn't clear. Was he a regular member of the synagogue? Again, the Bible doesn't say. Maybe he just ran in off the street because he felt compelled by the very presence of the living God to come and bow down before him. We don't know, but he's there. And notice what happens here. The unclean spirit shouts. He screams. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The demon wants to know if Jesus has come to destroy him. Imagine again, this happens here in our church. You'd probably be taken back, right? If a demon came in and basically vouched for the authority of the person explaining the scriptures. I mean, that's what's happening. People in the church are like, yo, is this person for real? Or are they just pretending? And then a demon comes out and vouches for the authority of Jesus. Not because the demon wants to promote it, but because he's like really afraid. He's afraid of Jesus' authority. And then what happens next, as we read, proves Jesus' authority. Remember, the demon is making some noise, and uh, there's uh, uh, good evidence when there's a lot of noise in your life, the enemy's just trying to, to afflict you. So keep that in mind. He's screaming. He's crying out. And what does Jesus do? He says, shh. He calmly tells a demon to be silent, and he tells him to leave the man alone. The demon obeys. Talk about a flex, huh? Now that is authority. The Bible, the people in the synagogue all realize it in that moment. They say, whoa, this guy doesn't just talk like he has authority. He does things that only someone with authority can do. Jesus proves to those people there that day that he does in fact have authority. He acted like it when he taught them and he proved it by shutting up a demon, casting it out. The Bible says that people marvel at this 
and the story starts to spread. People hear that there's a guy in town who not only speaks, but acts with the authority of God. Turns out that's because he is God, but that's something that becomes increasingly clear as you read the rest of the gospel. So, I want to point something out to you here that um, is really important to point out as kind of like a general thing. Uh, Jesus repeats this pattern over and over again in the Gospel of Mark and in all the stories of Jesus that we have in the New Testament. So, so when you read stories about Jesus, you can look for it, okay? Jesus always says or does something that makes a claim of authority, and then after he claims authority, he proves that he has authority. So in Mark chapter 2, one chapter later, which you could read sometime this week if you're up for it, Jesus will declare that a crippled man's sins are forgiven. And to prove that he can forgive sins, right, because he's saying that he can, but to prove it, he looks at the man and says, rise, pick up your bed, and walk. Jesus claims that he forgives, and then he heals a man to show that he can do whatever he says. This will also happen at the cross and resurrection. Jesus will say when he's dying on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And to prove that sins are forgiven through his death, he will rise again. So he says, he says stuff, and then he proves it. Watch for this in the Bible. So coming back to the very basic fact of this story, Jesus has authority. Jesus can cast out demons. He can forgive sins. He can raise the dead. And all he's got to do is say a few words. He can say to a demon, shh, and the demon leaves. He can say, shush, to sickness, and you are healed. He can say, and will say, shh, to death, when it claims it's it has authority over us, and he will raise us to new life. Some of you here today, I think, need to be reminded and comforted that Jesus has got authority. Jesus has authority. Jesse, you can uh, ring the doorbell or whatever you're going to do to get the kids back up here for communion. Uh, Jesus has authority, and he wants to exercise his authority on our behalf, on your behalf. You know, are you sick this morning? We prayed for Makucho already. Uh, are you sick this morning? Jesus has authority over your sickness. Are you working for someone who isn't treating you right? Jesus has authority over your boss. Are you frustrated by politics? Jesus has authority even over the United States of America. Are you having demonic nightmares? Do you feel like demons are harassing you even in the light of day? Well, let me tell you, Jesus has authority over the demons. Are you afraid of death? Are you dying this morning? It's a rhetorical question because we all are. Jesus has authority even over death itself, and he will raise us up. If you need the intervening, all-powerful, loving, and comforting authority of Jesus this morning, 
Ask him to speak to you. Ask him to shush whatever's making a lot of noise in your life. Ask Jesus to exercise his authority for you and for this world. He listens when we ask him. And in case you might have forgotten, let me remind you that you don't have to be a good person for Jesus to listen to you. We're about to eat this meal together. Jesus has the authority to call it his body and his blood, and he has the authority to say to you, this is my body, this is my blood given for you. Hear him today when he speaks it in the meal. Open your ears and ask that you will have ears to hear. So with that in view, let's eat. Holly, can I invite you back up now? If you're here. Will you rise to your feet with me as we consecrate ourselves to God?